Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day to be here with you. I am super excited about the person that we have on today. Our guest is amazing. She actually is the significant other of one of our resident contributors. So we're going to definitely find out how she tolerates this guy. She is also a professional comedic actress turned hacker slash developer. She is the founder of Ruby Thursdays, a free weekly online show that gives Junior Rails developers bite-sized tutorials, tips, and tricks to help them grow. She co-organizes the Dev Dialogue Meetup, which began and is the longest-running Ruby meetup in NYC. Along with her husband, she's the co-founder of GigTilt.com, an online service which simplifies and automates client payments. And she loves sci-fi and knitting. Talk about a superhero here. We're talking about none other than Miss Melissa Wanish. Melissa, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yo, I'm super excited to have you back. So Create Your Life family, if you can remember, we had a show uh, around valentine's day called love and ceoing and melissa was here with another significant other of our resident contributor eric fondren's wife danielle fondren and they totally took the show by storm and really really just made it absolutely amazing and so i'm happy to have you back so thank you for coming made thank the trek all the way from brooklyn so far it's and pretty so, <laughs> <laughs> but we love you guys so Happy to have you here. So, Melissa, I want to jump right in. You grew up in uh, North Carolina. I did. And are a New York City transplant. Tell us a little bit about your journey to getting here. Sure thing. Yes. I grew up in a small town called Yadkinville, North Carolina. Okay. And that is near Winston-Salem, for those of you who probably have never heard of it. And it was a great little small town, and I really wanted to get out of it. It's lovely going back, but I needed to spread my wings, and so I came up to New York for college. I went to Marymount Manhattan College on the Upper East Side and uh, graduated with a BA in theater. And so that's what brought me to New York, and I definitely enjoyed it. I stayed for two more years afterwards and did lots of off-Broadway stuff. It was fun. And then I also worked for a nonprofit theater Mm -hmm. as a company manager for many years. And then I took a break from New York, about a four-year break, doing acting and touring and things, and then came back because I really wanted to settle down here, and I missed it. So, I mean, there's nothing like leaving and then missing it and coming back because they kind of say if you've been here 10 years, you're going to stay. But I actually left and came back. So it's a little different. I'm in the crux of this right now and making some pivotal decisions. So I feel like I'm going to seek your advice in this regard in terms of being here 10 years, thinking about moving, 
things like that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be seeking the wisdom, the gospel of Melissa Wanish, because, right. you know, there's also the gospel of Todd Wanish that I've become very familiar with yes. over the course of <laughs> the last year or so. Can you talk to us a little bit more about your career in acting and what that was like? So when I took the little break from New York, I went back to North Carolina and I did a lot of fun short films for the School of the Arts down there. Okay. And that just kept it up. And then I actually went on tour with a children's theater called Missoula Children's Theater. That's out of Montana. And you go to these little towns and you put on a musical in a week with the kids. Wow. So you teach them, you direct them, and you're in it every other week because it's good to have one person backstage. So it's a team of two that goes out with all the costumes, all of the scripts and everything. It's all in your little red truck. Yeah, so that was great. I got to see a lot of the country. So that was really fun. But then once you're on the road for so long, you're you're kind of ready to come back. So I came back to New York mm-hmm. and did, again, off-Broadway stuff. Um, <laughs> and then short films and then a lot of background work in various big production movies and TV. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. You can see me in the background of a couple of things pretty clearly. Okay, like what? Uh, um, tell us, tell us, tell us. A date night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Yeah. There's a Times Square scene, and I'm on screen for like 30 seconds. In the oh, background, wow. Which is long. It's huge. That's Yeah, really that's long. a long time. And so I had no idea that I was actually in it until you see it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. And then that I did have a national commercial yeah, with JetBlue. Okay. And that's what gave well, me I my set. Fly. Yeah, that's... That gave me my SAG card. Okay. And so I've been doing this and that, lots of little things. But, you know, life takes various journeys. Absolutely. And that's what we'll get into about more of the entrepreneurship stuff. Absolutely. Because I'm thinking to myself, you're in a career, something that you're passionate about. You studied in college. And all of a sudden you decide to make a transition and become an entrepreneur. What prompted that or how did you make that transition? Well, I met my really awesome husband. He's a entrepreneur from the very early days of his career. And so I met him and I'd been doing these really low paying survival jobs in the city. That's what you do when you're an actor. And I was actually teaching science, fun science stuff with flair. So I met him and he was like, hey, come and help me with my business. Mm -hmm. And we were at the time producing designer toys and he was still doing animation that sort of led to us working on our first startup arting right. for artists to build a life around what they created. So as we were working on that together and still mm-hmm. doing low-paying jobs, we came to a point where we could either continue to pay people to develop the site or we would learn to do it ourselves. Right. I sort of saw what someone else got paid to build our site. Right. And I was like, maybe we should try to build it ourselves, learn this other language, mm-hmm. which actually wasn't that hard for me because in acting you have to memorize lots of different things. Right. And you also put yourself in other people's shoes. And I think as far as developing software and businesses, that's actually really helpful. Right, for clients. It definitely gets you that much closer to understanding what they need. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit faster because you're so used to delving into why people do things in acting school. So that's sort of the journey. It was definitely pulled along first by Todd, but then excited about how maybe if we had these businesses that would generate revenue, we could have time to go back and do more of our artistic ventures. Absolutely. And I'm curious, you meet Todd, because Todd at this point, we've had him on, he's talked about his journey and kind of like you guys have talked about your earlier days. What made you say, you know what, I'm going to invest 
invest or build with this guy versus others. Hope that wasn't too. <laughs> Todd is here in the studio, Create Your Life family, so I hope I didn't put her on the spot too. Uh, <laughs> no. Why Todd? You know what? He just, it's so much fun. I think it was the fun factor that anything we were doing together was full of so much energy and excitement and risk. It was scary at times. Right. It's definitely a roller coaster when you're building a business and there's definitely some down times. But he always had this fun, like we're going to bring people happiness was really part of it. I mean, with the toys mm-hmm. and with the startup and even now, it's all about bringing people to joy. Mm-hmm. He's such a joyful guy. I just think that's part of the huge attraction for me. Absolutely. And so you guys are both alumni of the Startup Leadership Program, which mm-hmm. is an accelerator for entrepreneurs. How do you feel like the accelerator culture helped you all take things to the next level, if it did at all? And is it something that you would advise for others to participate in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an amazing group of people that they put together. And if you're in a more traditional startup path where you're trying to get funding and all of that fun stuff, then they really take you through the nuts and bolts of the process. Mm-hmm. And and so for us, it ended up not being the path that we ended up on, trying mm-hmm. to really get venture-backed. Right. But the network itself has a lot of people sort of figuring out their own businesses and what mm-hmm. makes sense for them. And it was really an interesting class because at that point, arting wasn't taking off, and mm-hmm. we'd had several incarnations of it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really supportive environment to bring up the big question, well, maybe we shouldn't focus on this anymore. What was the deciding factor in saying, hey, you know what, I want to pivot from arting and do something different? Well, I feel like we had given it enough time and enough variations. And Mm -hmm. I think we finally really came to grips with the reality that it wasn't making money Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to in this current form. It was really that market fit that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so it was hard to accept it as your first startup, as your first venture, and you just want it to work so badly. And you've spent maybe three years on it, hardcore, maybe many years thinking about it. And it was a little painful, but when it came down to it, it just wasn't making money. And we said, okay, well, let's go find markets that'll pay us. And especially as we look towards having a family, It was the time to really say, okay, we need to put money first. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at different markets and who's paying for what and what we already had experience doing. And that's really led to us developing other businesses. So you figure out that it's time to pivot. What did those conversations actually look like amongst you all? It was hard because I would talk to the people at SLP a little bit like, how do I bring this up to Todd that, you know what, I think it's over. (laughs) I think we need to move on. And it was even during that class. By the end, I was pitching something else. I wasn't pitching Artie. Mm. So you had evolved. By the end. Todd was also researching other ways. He was already in that space as well. He was already sort of saying, okay, well, clearly the marketing side was the weakest Mm-hmm. And so how do I strengthen my marketing skills? Because that was more his job as CEO. And I think as he learned more and more about marketing, it became natural that he wanted to try new things and new experiments. And so we sort of talked about the new experiments mm-hmm. and the arting less and less. And I think it was more of a gradual thing because it really became like, okay, well, let's focus on these experiments, these new ideas. Mm-hmm. 
and let's not focus on marketing arting anymore. And I think that it's still alive. It's a lovely portfolio piece. It has led to lots of things. And so it's certainly, there's no regrets there. But I think those conversations were just slowly, like we got more excited about talking about new things as we both were exploring, even kind of separately, but together, some new ideas. And so at what point did you decide, hey, you know what? I want to become a developer and I want to build things for other clients. Was this prior to SLP or was this afterwards when you guys were deciding and trying to figure out what the new move was going to be? It was pretty much during my year of SLP because during Todd's year, he had started the network and had begun to make those connections and we were showcasing our beautiful site. And so people were like, well, hey, who did you get to build that? And we're like, well, no, we built that ourselves. And so they were like, do that for us. And so we had a a couple key first clients Mm -hmm. who said, yeah, let's do this together. And especially I think they trusted us because we knew the process and SLP does a really great job of collecting people who think in positive ways together. And so then, you know, that's, that's sort of what led to digging into it. I'm self-taught developer. We did take a general assembly course to get us started, but otherwise it's self-taught. We did the research to see what people were having struggles with as developers. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's where it came up. Well, I'm at this place where I'm past beginner. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really good time now to give back to the community with the tutorials and that would strengthen my own learning Mm -hmm. as well because there wasn't so much a path after like if people go to a boot camp or they start off with a couple of introductory things, there was a space to really fill a need is that like next level. That's really what led to Ruby Thursday Yeah. also as a great platform because all the advice about getting developer jobs right. is to have a blog, to write about it, to mm-hmm. go to meetups, all these kinds of ways to pull yourself out from the crowd. Right. Because there's a lot of people coming out of boot camps mm-hmm. these days. And so how do you differentiate yourself? And so that was part of it, too. Like, I wanted to be a thought leader right. in the space. What are, like, three key things that you say that a junior developer should do or someone coming fresh out of boot camp should do in order to differentiate themselves and possibly get their first job? One of the main things that I sell through Ruby Thursday is a course called Build Advanced Rails Apps. Mm -hmm. And it is really building a showcase project, Mm -hmm. but not just from a tutorial. The course takes you through some of the key components Mm -hmm. and helps you out, but you really want to make it your own Mm -hmm. and add new features and solve problems in a slightly different way, Mm -hmm. even though we're basically building Airbnb, but you want to try to mix it up a little bit so that potential employers see that you're building a new project. And I've seen some success too with the meetup, bringing people in who want to present at meetups. And I think that's a huge thing as well. I've seen them go and get jobs from creating some special project, Mm -hmm. even if it's not used widely yet. Mm -hmm. They're out there promoting it. It does this thing, even if it's slightly different from other things. But they go and talk about it. Lots of hiring managers go to meetups to try to meet developers. That's where they go. And so I think creating some sort of presentation to Mm -hmm. do at a local meetup is a really good way to put yourself out there. Even if you just videotape it then and then start to send it around, I think that's a really good way. And so that's 
who, and then just start building things for people. I know a lot of people want that full-time gig because it's got health insurance, it's got some stability. But if you're not getting that right away, you need to just keep building. And so build a small website for your aunt who has a florist shop. Everybody needs some kind of custom software. Exactly. And just start, even if it's really low paying at first, just get a couple of clients under your belt. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't decide to go the client way, the consultancy way, that is huge for employers to see that you're still doing stuff. Love it. Create Your Life Family. What Melissa is saying right now is create a custom portfolio where you have done some things for people. That is one of the best ways that she just advised that you can stick out from amongst the crowd. So, Melissa, this is a question that I've been dying to ask you. You are a mother, mm-hmm. co-founder. You have three companies going on right now. Yeah. You're a At wife least, I think. and you are expecting. I am expecting. We're expecting number two. Congratulations. February. Thank you. Um, and so I'm hoping that it's going to be an Aquarius baby because I'm an Aquarius. So I'm hoping. Julia Juli was a little early, so we'll see. <laughs> Okay, so how do you balance doing all of this at the same time? And then the trek today, and it's like raining. All moms are superheroes. but uh... It was a very interesting transition when Julia was just first born. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of stuff. But what I learned is you really have to write things down, put them on calendars, okay. deal with things right away, because there's such a thing as a mommy brain. You just forget things. And so... That's sort of the balancing thing is trying to note things and keep yourself organized. It's a huge part of being a mom, just really being organized and leveraging help. Todd is really great. He's gotten more and more used to helping take care of Julia. But we had friends down the street help and just being sure that you have that support system there as well because you cannot do it alone. And so even single moms, they have relatives, they have friends. I mean, you just have to realize you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Mm. And then there are times when things don't get done and you just have to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be perfect all the time. And I think that self-acceptance of not getting things done and getting what's really important done has Mm. been key in the last 16 months. That's really, you're going to have to make some decisions when you have so many balls in the air. <laughs> and so, Love it. yeah. So how do you maintain a great level of communication between you and Todd? And this is a great thing. Every time I ask Todd, hey, well, what do you think about this? Do you think that we'll be able to meet? He's like, yeah, but let me clear it with Melissa first because I have to make sure that we're in sync, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you guys keep that balance going and then also balancing work and life? Well, yeah. I mean, it's constant communication. It's all about making sure that you get everything on each other's calendar and making sure that you didn't forget something. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're both really good about asking each other, okay, can you really take Julia here? Or is this happening now? Or we generally talk right after breakfast. I think Todd has mentioned our motto of no business before breakfast. I love it. That creates fights. So we still have that daily check-in and we go through the day. What are we doing today? Okay, good. Anything coming up? There's usually a check-in after Julia goes to bed of just like, okay, what did we do today? What are we going to do to relax now? (laughs) Right. But let's make sure we got everything done because some evenings we do have to work. Tell us about the walk. The walk has gone away a little bit, but we did love having the walk uh, about three o'clock every day. And it wasn't always about work. 
but it was a good chance to check in with each other. I think the walk has been replaced with the breakfast and dinner check-ins, mm. but I wish we could do the walk. It's just sometimes the weather and yeah. somebody always has to be on baby duty, so it's right. <laughs> a little harder. <laughs> we do have a babysitter that helps out. Yeah. Uh, and you've well. recently started to do some consulting. Before, you guys were both primarily working from home and running your companies from there. And now you've picked up another gig on top of all of the six million things I just named. I'm just amazed. How? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's it's just a realizing you can't do everything. And mm-hmm. so you do the best you can at the things you can control. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important and seeing what you can outsource to people. Mm-hmm. It's been really great to have a really great babysitter mm-hmm. so that Todd can still work yeah. during the days, um, at least some. So some of my clients take up more time than others. And so it's a balancing act in that way. And then have to like carve out the family time mm-hmm. on the weekends or evenings or whenever it is. So. Absolutely. We potentially eat takeout a lot more. <laughs> I don't cook as much. Oh, okay. So you have the meetup, Dev Dialogue. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important for there to be a meetup or for you to be a part of a meetup in your industry? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely about being that thought leader. And it's about getting your name out there and being a part of the community. I think that's helped. It got me a speaking engagement at mm-hmm. a Ruby conference in June and Congratulations. thank you. That was really great. I think that's important to be involved in the community. And it changed from Ruby to more general dev because Ruby itself has become a very stable language and it's not like as exciting. Okay. So that's why we sort of broadened it out to like mm-hmm. trying to get some more like new things in there. And so I think it's important to have that kind of home base as well in the community. Yeah. You have over 2,000 members in the group. Mm-hmm. I saw on meetup.com. Yeah. What are some of the key strategies to growing a meetup group? It's consistency. You got to meet every month that you say you're going to mm-hmm. and not cancel. And not every meetup can be the most exciting topic, but we try to bring in people who are going to talk about interesting things. Mm-hmm. And we also really try to get people to talk at the meetup. It's not just about presenters. Right. And I think that does grow the community because you start to get to know each other a little bit more. Absolutely. And it's really about consistency. They see you keep having things. And if it's really quiet, then you know you're not going to enjoy the meetup, I think. So we do take summers off, but that's it. Okay. We take two months off a year. But otherwise, it's every month. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the -the behind-the-scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit podcastlaundry.com for more information. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and of course, Melissa Wanish, the amazing Melissa Wanish, has a caller calling in. Caller, caller, how are you? I'm well. I'm doing good today on this lovely Sunday afternoon. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Where are you calling from? What's your name? My name is Dustin Jackson. I'm calling from uh, Harlem, USA. Okay. And I had a question for Melissa in terms of coming out of a boot camp and really turning on those development skills for a first project, I guess, how long did it take you personally to create your first project? And what do you typically see amongst people coming out of a boot camp in terms of creating their first project? 
That's a great question. So how long? Well, I think you should ship early, right? So as soon as you come up with an idea, you should build something kind of small and go ahead and get it out there and just keep refining it so that you have something to show to potential employers, especially actually the process is something that they want to see as well. They want to see, okay, you started with this and then you continued to work on it and now it's this advanced. And so I would say it probably takes three to six months to build something that would be, you know, impressive enough to get somebody's attention. People also, when they take my course, they have their own lives and things. So it can take them more like eight months, I think, to really finish it up. If you have the full-time availability, then I think three to six months could get you some kind of project that you could be proud of. Awesome. Well, Dustin, man, thank you so much for calling in. Do you want to shout anyone out before you go? I'd like to shout out my wife, Jennifer Blair Jackson. Love you. Okay. See you soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling. Yay. Thank you. Yay. So, hey, Melissa, you got people calling in. They want to know about you. They want to know, you know, how to get developers together. Mm -hmm. So I would tell them, go ahead and sign up for Ruby Thursday. That's probably the best way, right? That would be a good way. Yes, absolutely. To sign up and get those weekly emails and tutorials. And I do a lot of live coding these days as well. When we built Gig Tilt, Mm-hmm. It was actually all live coded oh, wow. on Twitch, and then I pushed it to YouTube. And so people really enjoyed watching it. There was definitely to see how to deal with mistakes and how if you do it one way and you realize, gosh, that's not the way, and you have to just rip out a whole bunch of stuff and start over. Mm. But it was really, it was fun, and I got some good tips also from people watching along. That's amazing, and the community. So, yeah, i definitely going to do some live coding coming up in the next little bit because we have a bit more work to do on Gig Tilt to add a couple more features. Speaking of it, what is Gig Tilt exactly? Tell us about it. What is it? Sure. It's a platform for you to collect money from your clients. And it really came out of a need for us to collect money a little bit easier, especially as we started to have clients where we would finish their job, but we needed to have them on a monthly retainer for maintenance and and other small tweaks and things. And it was really not that easy to get them to pay every month. And we were mostly using QuickBooks at the time. And QuickBooks does not have any kind of subscription model. They actually shut you down for that. And we looked at other providers, and some of them had, like, just too many features and very expensive or just didn't quite have the ease that we were looking for. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, we actually make it a high priority not to make the clients have to create an account. Right. With Mm GigTilt, you just have a payment link, and you can pay, and you're done, and you get your receipts in the email and everything. And so the part we're going to be live coding is how, okay, now I need to change my credit card. And now I need links to go and make those changes. So that's where it started from. We were right away starting to put our clients on it. And it's been a fun journey putting that out there. And and also different ways because we had payment plans and Mm -hmm. that really wasn't something that all the payment providers had. And so we built that in. We're going to do more like packages. So there's like an upfront setup fee Mm -hmm. and then you get a monthly retainer. Like that's something we're going to put in pretty soon. And we see that's not everywhere. And we're just listening to our users. And we built it for ourselves, but we also 
really wanted to be able to help people just collect money a lot faster. Right. Serve the client. And you did the customer development, so it makes it that much easier. So mm-hmm. you hear that, Create Your Life family? Do the customer development, even when you're building for yourself so that you yes. can serve others. So, Melissa, I want to get a little more personal. I want to know for you, what were some things about entrepreneurship that you wish you knew before you jumped in? Probably how long it takes. It just takes a really long time. It's not going to happen in a year. (laughs) It's not going to happen in six months. Mm -hmm. And so we've been on this journey maybe six, seven years now. And it's a long journey to really figure out who you want to serve and who you want to get excited about helping. And it just takes a while. There's certainly people who get lucky and find something right away, but it's really a long process that you have to be able to have that endurance and that excitement about it every day and and keep working on it. So I think I wish I had known it was going to take this long. Okay. And what would you say has been the biggest personal challenge that you've had to overcome in order to be who you are today? Well, it's something that Todd and I have talked about a lot. And as a lady coming into more of a male-dominated career there, and even not that many female founders, it's definitely more guys right. in the game. And so you definitely have this kind of imposter syndrome okay. that I had to continually battle against in myself. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was good. And especially when you're learning really something new. The first two years, it was really hard to be like not describing myself as a junior developer, you know, right. because I was actually acting as CTO in several projects mm-hmm. and succeeding. And mm-hmm. so, but it felt like, because I'd only been doing it for a little while, that I had to sort of qualify the time I had been doing it. Right. And so I kept saying, but no, but look at what you've done. You mm-hmm. have to describe yourself as what you're doing, not about being like a junior developer. And oh, so yeah. that's been the biggest thing is really to own what you can do and what you've done as opposed to thinking you can't do it. What advice would you give to other young ladies who want to be engineers like yourself, CTOs? It's all about really having that confidence and to speak up. And I think that's a little bit harder for ladies because we often aren't really taught that so much to speak up and speak your mind and Mm -hmm. to really have disagreements and debates Mm -hmm. Because you can have a debate without an argument. That's something that I've had to learn. Mm. And it's about speaking up and having an opinion and really going for it in that way. You hear that, Create Your Life family? Melissa says, be bold with your words and stand up for yourself and stand up for what you think and be outwardly vocal about it. I love Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So who are some of your sheroes, Melissa? (laughs) Well, I actually hope my mom is listening because my mom is definitely one of my biggest heroes. She's a very strong woman, and in our younger years, my dad had to take a job where he wasn't home a lot. She was kind of a single mom for a couple years, and she likes to say that she doesn't know anything about the 80s because she was taking care of us. (laughs) She doesn't know any of the movies. (laughs) The whole decade. The whole decade. (laughs) And so I applaud that. She just sort of kept it up, and she's a very strong woman, so she's definitely one of my heroes. Love it. Earlier on, and even currently, how did you handle and deal with the naysayers of you following what it is that you're pursuing now or your journey towards success? The naysayers are good at not saying it directly to you. So I think it's also about just keep going. And it's also about a lack of attention more than naysayers. 
not getting what you're due. And so it's important just to keep going and to continue to be vocal and bold. And I think starting Ruby Thursday really helped me do that when I started to get that positive feedback from all of the watchers. And they're like, yeah, keep going. And and understanding that I had something special to bring to the community. Mm -hmm. As a female, there's not too many other ladies doing tutorials and video Mm -hmm. tutorials and the acting career has helped a lot with that because I can speak clearly. <laughs> yes. Props to everyone who does tutorials, but sometimes it's hard to understand them. And it's important to know your strengths and to go with those. And just focus on that and don't worry about anybody else. Who has been your biggest champion on your path to becoming who you are today? And how have you thanked them? <laughs> well, that would definitely be my husband. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's encouraged me to take chances and, again, to own my skills and, you know, my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And how to thank him? Well, you know, I'm having two kids with him, so (laughs) I think that's that's pretty much how I'm thanking him. So, you know, just being supportive of our dreams as a family. Absolutely. And just continuing to listen to him as well and support his ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's always important because he's more the idea guy. Mm -hmm. I'm more the nuts and bolts gal. Okay. And so supporting these fun new ideas that he's always having, (laughs) but with the, okay, let's build the audience. Right. Let's get somebody to prepay those lessons that we learned from our previous startup and just reminding him of those. I feel like I'm really figuring out where the gospel of Ty really comes from now. (laughs) Okay. I'm understanding. (laughs) So... Last question before we jump into the next segment. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? What hobby, what profession, what would it be? I would be a football referee. Really? I would. What level? <laughs> oh, yeah, NFL. I would really? love to be the, I think technically that's the umpire then who gets to wear the white hat and uh-huh. like speak into the speaker and be on TV and do the like hand motions and all of that stuff. So I think that's so cool. I think that would be just like a fascinating job to have. I would have never thought that. I didn't have an <laughs> expectation, but that is awesome. Yeah, I actually really love sports too. So I just don't have time right now to follow anything. But yeah. okay. So my next question to you, Melissa, is can you swim? I can. Okay, good. Because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. I'm ready. This is rapid fire. Okay. Are you sure? Okay. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> now you're making me nervous. <laughs> no, nah, don't be nervous at all. What are your goal-setting methods, and how do you make sure that you're growing each year? Okay, so we focus on numbers and okay. building my audience mm-hmm. and revenue, and those are the numbers. Okay, awesome. Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? Trello. Favorite quote or model that you live by? We always say it's never boring, Todd and I. Okay. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? I'm going to go with favorite as the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Again, own your accomplishments Mm -hmm. and speak your mind Mm -hmm. and choose something that makes you happy and joyful. What's next for you? For me is continuing to build the Ruby Thursday community. Mm -hmm. And I get to kind of piggyback that with adding more and more features to Gig Tilt because I'll live code that. And so kind of get a twofer Mm -hmm. for that. And yeah, and just see where that community, what they need as far as new products, new help. 
because technology is always changing. So probably getting into some other languages than Ruby. We have another question for you that just popped up. What was holding you back from creating your best life, if anything? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was probably fear and that whole imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. that people would say you can't do it or you're doing it badly or there's lots and lots and lots of rejection Mm -hmm. in the acting world. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a thicker skin through that. But that was really me pretending to be a character. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it wasn't necessarily about me Mm -hmm. when I didn't get the gig. You know, Mm -hmm. okay, they needed somebody who looked different, had Mm -hmm. a different just interaction with the other actors. It wasn't always about me, but when you put yourself out there, then it's a little harder Mm -hmm. because it is you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that definitely was a hurdle to get over. And how'd you get over it? Just by continuing to do it. Okay. Continuing (laughs) to do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So how can we keep in contact with you? Well, you can keep in contact with me. My email is melissa at rubythursday.com. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the restaurant, Ruby Tuesday. I know. People do confuse it. So yeah. rubythursday.com. I'm not huge on the social. Mm-hmm. It's still email, and I do reply to everything. So. Okay. All right. Love it. Well, Melissa, Create Your Life family, we have reached a part of the interview where things get interesting. So we are jumping into the turnaround And this is where Melissa becomes the interviewer, and she's in charge, and I am the interviewee. So this will get interesting. Melissa, I only have one request. Be gentle, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. So, well, I mean, you were already talking about New York, and you've been here a minute, and maybe you're ready to try somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. where would this somewhere else be? I am looking, and I am very excited about taking my talents to the continent of Africa to do some exploring and understanding of culture. I lived in London for a while. I've been all around Europe and been to Japan, the only part of Asia I've been to so far. So I feel like there are levels to this and areas to expand in. And so I'm excited and want to go and see what the rest of the world kind of looks like and what they're up to. All right. Well, Africa is a big continent. Continent. So are there particular countries you're interested in? Absolutely. I am interested in Senegal, Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Kenya, Eritrea, Ethiopia, (laughs) Zambia, Zimbabwe, I have, like, a real extensive list that I intend on, like, really tackling over the course of months. So you were spot on. It is a big continent. I just said Africa, like, it was a small place, right? (laughs) Just start somewhere. And what would you be doing there? We're going to jump back into where the Create Your Life series started. So we originally started off as a YouTube series. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we'll still be podcasting from there, but definitely being able to be transparent about life there and the stories of the people there. So definitely doing that there. And I'm really just excited about sharing the stories of people on the continent and Mm -hmm. also just in embracing and immersing myself in the culture. Okay. So So here's maybe not the quite so kind part, the personal part, but are you open to finding uh, someone to share your life with in the long run there? Melissa, live on air? Oh, my gee. I am, actually. I'm very interested. As I've gotten a bit older, I've become more mature in that regard. So, yes, I'm very interested. All right. There you go, ladies or whoever, ladies. It would be ladies. Okay. All right. I'm making no assumptions here. But, uh, yeah, catch him before he goes to Africa or while he's in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's interesting. Oh, okay. So, more questions. So, what is your favorite part about doing the Create Your Life series? 
Man, my favorite part, there are lots. I would say, number one, being able to have the opportunity to interview and converse with people like yourself. And sometimes getting interviews that you didn't think that you might be able to get. So I've had the opportunity to interview some really big names. I think also it's in alignment with what my childhood dreams are that I'm living. So I'm actually like living my dream right now by being the host and having a show. And seeing it actually continue to manifest and get bigger it's so humbling that rain, sleet, hell or snow, we show up, we do the show, people believe in it, they're downloading it, they're talking about it, embracing it, and it's helping people. When you get those comments or those messages of people saying, hey, you know what, that was a really good show, this helped me out with blank, 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 you can't beat it. So I'm just humbled and just doing the show itself. It's amazing. So what's the hardest part? The hardest part is keeping it all together. There's a lot of legs and components that go into the show that people would not know. And so being able to manage all of that while running other enterprises is definitely a daily and weekly challenge that I'm always on the phone with your husband about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I called like early the other day and you were like, hey, he's calling. <laughs> At 8 a.m. Yeah, it, it was, was like on Saturday. It was great. You know, we were up, obviously, but right. I was like, wow. Hi, Kevin. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, so Todd and I, I'm not going to say that we're married because we're not co-founders. You guys are co-founders. But, uh, yeah, we're kind of joined at the hip a little bit. <laughs> just, to, just a tad. Well, he's going to miss you when you go. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But we'll still be talking because he's mm-hmm. there with me for that, that segment. So we'll still be FaceTiming. And I'll get to see Julia and see mm-hmm. the new baby as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Come yes. February. Are you guys Hopefully. doing a gender reveal at all? Can you tell us? Oh, it's are a you girl. Keeping... It's, it's a, a girl. girl. Okay. Uh, Do we have a name? Or uh, No, that's going to be the surprise. Okay. So we don't know yet, but <laughs> we didn't tell everyone Julia's name until the day she came. So. And how long in advance had you had the name? Probably three or four months. Okay. Yeah. I think we had to tell actually his brother and sister-in-law just because they were having a little girl three months after us. Okay. So those were the only folks we told because we didn't want to like steal their name or we wanted to make sure they weren't thinking about the same name. Oh, wow. And how <laughs> close are the names? Were you guys thinking along the same lines? or Not really. So we were good. Oh, sweet. <laughs> everything worked out perfect. Yeah, everything worked out. Yeah. But we do have actually more constraints with this name because we did end up naming Julia. Her middle name is Monroe. Okay. And it's actually, I read it in a blog post for pop culture references, not totally known, but make cool names. Mm-hmm. It's actually the last name of Storm from the X-Men. Her name yeah. is, I'm going to mispronounce her first name, Monroe. And so we named the middle names after this warrior princess. We're in a tight spot to come up with as good a name <laughs> for her middle name because we got to do something probably Marvel related. Todd loves that. I know he yes. Todd used to work at Marvel. He absolutely well, Xena, so, warrior princess. Yeah. But. Yeah. I feel like we still need maybe stay in the Marvel universe yeah, just yeah. to kind of make it fair to our next daughter who will wear that mantle. So we've been playing around and looking through the archives of Marvel to see wow. what fun name. In the middle name. Probably the first name will be, again, more traditional. Right, right. 
But uh, we want a fun middle name. I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, well, Melissa, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Really enjoyed you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Absolutely. So, Create Your Life family, I want to thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. Uh, That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about right now, is building the community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. So, until next time, create your life. Creativita. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create vita. Create your life. On skip your liver. You better create your life. <laughs> Create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life.